about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshuba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. Today is Palm Sunday. Congratulations to those who made it to church today. As I can see that many people are still sleeping. Uh, <laughs> but well, congratulations everyone. And as today is Palm Sunday, I, I want to talk about the scenario behind Palm Sunday. Juxtaposing it also with the message that we've been preaching over a period of time that it's up to you. Now when God says he wants us to rise this year, he wants us to rise because he knows that he's taking us to a new height. And our rising, as I need to say, does not necessarily mean that God wants us to rise only in the area of finances and wealth and different kinds of stuff, although that is important. But he also wants us to rise that we may be able to confront situations and circumstances and tell it we're bigger than that. That our maturity rises, our emotion rises into heights that belong to God and take us into areas in our life where things that usually floor us become things that we eat for breakfast. And so... As we spoke about it last week, we were talking about things that stop us from rising, rising in our spirit. Most of the time, I want to talk about our spirit man. I want to talk about maturity in Christ. And one of the things that we have to defeat in our lives is the different kinds of mentality that stops us from not rising. The first thing we spoke about is what we call the entitlement mentality. The second thing we spoke about is the treadmill mentality. Staying in one place, get the tapes. And last week, I spoke about the independent mentality, and I want to continue in that in conjunction with our Palm Sunday. And so we're going to go back to a scripture, and I'm just going to take snippets from that scripture, and I hope it will bless you as it blessed them in the first service. Second Chronicles chapter 26, verse 1 to 5, and 16 to 21. And all of the pe people of Judah had crowned Amaziah, 16-year-old son, Uzziah, as king in place of his father. After his father's death, Uzziah rebuilt the town of Eleph and restored it to Judah. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem 52 years. Are you following me, please? His mother was Jecoliah from Jerusalem. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his father Amaziah had done. Uzziah sought God during the days of Zechariah. Uzziah, what? Sought God during the days of what? Zechariah. Who taught him to fear God? So, there was someone who was teaching this king in the way to go. He says, you taught him to fear God. And as long as what? The king sought guidance from the Lord. Through this man or prophet, God gave him what? Success. Let's go to verse 16. 
And when he had become powerful, he became proud, which led to his downfall. He sinned against the Lord his God by entering into the sanctuary of the Lord's temple and personally burning incense in the incense altar. And so the high priest went in after him with 80 priests of the Lord, all brave men. They confronted King Uzziah and said, It is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord. That, that is the work of the priests alone and the descendants of Aaron, who are set apart for this work. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have sinned. The Lord will not honor you for this. <laughs> Uzziah, who was holding an incense burner, became furious. But as he was standing there raging against the priest before the incense altar in the Lord's temple, leprosy suddenly broke out on his forehead. And when Azariah, the high priest, and all the other priests saw the, the, the leprosy, they rushed him out. And the king himself was eager to get out because the Lord had struck him. So King Uzziah had leprosy until the day he died. He lived in isolation in his separate house for he was excluded from the temple of the Lord and his son Jotham was put in charge of the royal place and he governed the people of the land. Can you go with me quickly to, to Philippians in chapter 2? Philippians in chapter 2. Philippians in chapter 2 and verse 5. He says, you must have this same attitude that is in Christ, that Christ had, though he was God. He did not think of equality with God just as something to cling onto. He says instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position. Listen to that. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all names that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Today, today is Palm Sunday. And Palm Sunday kicks off the thought process of the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ. Palm Sunday marks the start of what is often called the Passion Week. The final seven days of Jesus' earthly ministry. Palm Sunday was the beginning of the end of Jesus' walk on earth. But, but, but through the whole procession of Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem... As he entered into the holy city, he neared the culmination of a long journey towards Golgotha. And, and when we read the above scriptures, we see that behind the shouts and the accolades of men, as Jesus being the Messiah, the great work he had done, the miracles he had performed, behind the scenes, Jesus had already defeated or sometimes was in battle with defeating what I call the independent mentality. Listen to this. So Jesus is riding upon a donkey and he's riding into Jerusalem. 
And as he's riding into Jerusalem, men and women are coming out all over the place. And they're throwing down their garments. And they're throwing down their palms. And they're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. They were shouting his praise. They were glorifying him. But Jesus, in his mind, had to remember that he didn't get here by himself. It is God that brought him to where he is. But Jesus was not also independent in his mentality and thinking that I am riding on this court, I am getting all this accolade, but the Bible says that he had to submit himself unto God because the riding on the donkey was just a journey towards Golgotha. And, 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 and when, when we started speaking about this independent mentality, the first thing I said in how we eliminate an independent mentality is we've got to learn to follow. We've got to learn to follow. We've got to learn to follow because Jesus was not riding on that donkey following him, his own self. He was riding on that donkey following the will of God. And many of us are not following the will of God. Jesus had to follow God's will for his life before he could be highly exalted. As I said in the first service, I sat down with a dear sister of ours who is going through, battling through sickness and disease, left this place on Friday after the wedding and was going home and got a phone call and I had to sort some things out and my wife and I had to go down and we sat down with her and we didn't leave until 12 midnight or past 12 and As she's battling through this thing, she still spoke for a long time of her passion for the children. Her passion for the children's church. Reminiscing and speaking to me of the battle she fought with me to get the best for her children. A child she biologically does not have for fighting battles for your children. Everything was just about how God taught her to take care of children. Unbeknown to her, I recorded it because it caught dear to my heart that while someone is battling and fighting for life, all she's thinking about is her children. Not her biological children, but what God has called her to do. Because she's not following sickness. She's following a purpose. Saying, wherever God takes me to, this is my purpose. This is my will. This is my life. Most of the time, it is easy to follow when things are good. 
But the test comes when God does not look good. Everything within her spoke about her purpose. Her purpose, her will took her to where she is. Many of us are not even anywhere half near, close near, through that battle. And yet we're running after the things of the world and receiving the accolades of men, the likes, the loves. On our, in our, on our Instagram. Without knowing. That you're just a donkey. That someone is riding. We, 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 we stay there. And our affirmation and validation. And that's what I want to preach about next week. Is taken from the accolades of men. And that's why we're not prepared for Golgotha. When Jesus was going through Jerusalem, he was not thinking that, ah, people love me. He was still thinking that, God, I must die for these people. He had to fight that independent mentality. How do I know? Follow me next year to Jerusalem and Israel. You will find out. We entered into this place called the Garden of Gestiman. And do you know the prayer of Jesus? He says, if possible, let this cup pass over me. And then, ah, he stood there at one point. He says, no, my father and I are one. God, not my will, but your will be done. The first thing that Palm Sunday teaches us under the independent mentality is to learn to follow. Go to learn to follow. Jesus, the Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He followed all the way to the cross. And here we are building people in church for wealth. Building people for comfort without realizing that that's not what Jesus came to do. We have to learn to follow. To follow. The second thing we have to do to eliminate this independent mentality is we need to learn to be humble. Learn to be humble. We saw that in the passage I read in, in, in Philippians chapter 2, the Bible says he emptied himself. He humbled himself. Proverbs 29 verse 23. He says, a man's pride and sense of self-importance will bring him down. A man's what? 29, 23. A man's pride and sense of self-importance will bring him down. No, 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 no. Go to my slides. A man's pride and sense of self-importance will bring him down. But he who has a humble spirit will obtain honor. 
He who has a humble spirit will obtain honor. And many people are looking for honor without first being humble. Uzziah, the king, downfall cost him a lifetime of greatness. His heart was lifted up and he left his place of an assignment. Do you know it is often perceived that saints of God become most vulnerable when they are exalted. This, this might surprise most of you, but there are more people who can handle it at the bottom than they can handle it at the top. The main reason why most of us are not where we should be is because God knows we can't handle it. When you get into that land, do not forget that it is the Lord your God who gave you power to get wealth. Most of us have just got a car and they're no more in church. Most of us have just got a boyfriend. He hasn't married you. He hasn't even proposed to you. And Sunday service becomes a difficult place to attend. Band practice becomes a foreign thing. Ushering becomes an irritant. Just because we have just found a guy. A guy or a woman that may not stand with you in the times of trial. Comfort does not reveal friends. It's suffering that reveals friends. Jesus would have said, you know, I can do this. I'm riding on the court. But seriously, his life became a place of sacrifice because while people were clapping for him, his heart was bowing before God. He humbled himself. He humbled himself. Do you know that if your heart is filled with pride, it won't first manifest itself to your friends. It will not manifest itself to your husband or wife. It may not manifest itself to your employees or to you or to your employer. It won't even first show itself to your children. The one who will first notice the pride in your heart is God himself. He will sense your pride long before anybody else does. Do you realize that Saul was still king when God rejected him? To the outside world, he was still king. To God, God had taken him out. God noticed his pride even before Samuel could smell it. You know, most people, they give a kind of false humility. Let, let, me, let me go, as I did in first, let me go to my own backyard first. I remember some years ago, a long time ago, a young lady in church, she was in uni. She came to me, she gave me an envelope. The envelope was a bit thick. I took the envelope, it was after service. And as I was going into my office, I sat down and I prayed. I said, God, give me the wisdom to deal with this envelope. Because when I get envelopes like that, and it's thick, it's layers of pages, 
that I have to deal with. So I was like, I'm not sure how I'm going to deal with this. I opened it and I found money in there. It was 500 pounds. I looked at the 500 pounds and she said, just a gift to you. I called the lady back up. I said, come back. And I took that money and I gave it back to her, saying to her, God said to me that he has seen your sacrifice and I'm giving it back to, you, to her. And the lady looked at me and said, it can't be God. I'm her pastor. Said it can't be God because God said I should give it to you for the next level he wants to take me to. And I said to her, sorry, because God didn't tell me that. He didn't say anything. I was just trying to say something. God didn't tell me no nonsense that I just said. It was pride. How can a university student who is dealing with debt and her course is long give me 500 pounds? Up until then, there was unconscious pride on the inside of me because I didn't want to get help from anyone. I didn't want anyone to say, "Less you made me rich. Actually, it was the first time I think I got anything in this church from anyone. And God was trying to deal with my pride. That it has nothing to do with you. Who are you? I want to bless my daughter. And you are just a conduit who I want to use it through. I want to test her humility. So she was more humble than I was lying that God spoke to me. So only God and maybe her knew the pride on the inside of me. To everybody else, it looked cool. Is anyone having hearing what I'm saying? And many of times, we don't even want to ask for help. Many people, uh, uh, we, we set some people here, here in church, uh, Mike and Kola and, and Yemen people who are saying, these are guys that can help you get your property. Oh no, I don't want anyone to know my business. Pride. Because your business is failing. You're not achieving. You're staying in Kadesh because of your pride. You're staying in a place so long... Because you don't want anyone to know your business. Who wants to gossip about your business? There's too much we're dealing with than to think about you. And nobody knows that pride has stopped you. Pride will stop you from saying sorry to someone. And on the outside, it looks like you're humble. Especially when it comes to dealing with pastor. I know you. Don't fake it. I can smell you from afar. And sometimes I can't even smell you. But towards pastor, you're all good. But at home, Jesus is Lord. What was completely obvious to Samuel was invisible to Saul. If it makes you feel good or good about yourself, it must be right. Pride and disobedience makes us blind or deaf to our own sin. When people don't stay where God places them, they stray. What has God called you to do? Don't meddle with other people's calling. Do you see that Uzziah doing very well? Doing absolutely well in his life because he listened to that prophet. But the prophet was old now. 
the prophet doesn't get me. He doesn't get our age. He doesn't understand what we are dealing with as if. And when he understood what he was dealing with, he became a leper. Because we want to live an independent life. Jesus was on that coat, on that donkey. And still, he wasn't thinking of the accolades. He was thinking about him submitting to Golgotha. And many of us, we want the claps, the adoration, that you're looking nice. But we do not want the sacrifice. We don't want it. Pride is the beginning of a downfall. Proverbs 16, 18 says, First pride, then the crash. The bigger the ego, the harder the fall. Palm Sunday just came because of someone's humility. Philippians 2, 7 says, Instead he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and he was born as a human being. How amazing is it to know that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in humility preferred to ride a lowly donkey and not a beautiful stallion to one of the most celebrated events of his life. So when Jesus was going to the only place they most celebrated him with, he was riding on a donkey. Kings in those days, they used horses. But he was riding on a donkey. And when you understand a donkey, a donkey is slow. A donkey is small. Donkeys don't maneuver very well. But yet, Jesus decided to go and sit on a donkey. Can I go? Can I go? Let me take a side swipe on this. Jesus preferred a donkey to a horse. Think about that donkey sitting where he was tied down for years. And was seeing how fast the horse can go. See how that donkey was saying I'm useless. There's nobody who will ever ride me. See how decorated those horses was. And how expensive the horses was. To that small, lowly, bow down donkey. What does Palm Sunday teach us? Never compare yourself to anyone else. What does it tell us? I may be a donkey right now, but Jesus is coming to ride on my donkey. It doesn't matter how long I've been tied down. It doesn't matter how long I've been there. Ah, But Jesus is one day going to ask, and when he asks, he's going to ask for the donkey and not ask for the horse. I don't care how many people have bought their car, bought their house, got their wives, got their husbands, got their job. They may be going with speed, but I know that when it's my time, it's my time. I'm not comparing myself to anyone. I'm comparing myself unto the almighty God. Because when God puts his stamp of approval upon you, no horse can outrun you. 
Because strength does not matter. It is not by power, it's not by might, but it's by spirit. The Bible says the race is not for the strong, nor the battle for the strong. The race is not for the swift, nor the battle for the strong. He says time and chance happens to them all. I lean onto the everlasting God. And I know when I'm in God's plan, I know I will outrun the chariots. Because Elisha didn't stop. The Bible says, he said, go before me. The man went onto his chariots. And then Elijah carried up his garments. And the Bible says he outrun the chariots of Elijah. You will outrun those who think that they have gone before you. Because I, allowing God to ride upon me. The car is insignificant. The camel is insignificant. The, 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 the connection is insignificant. They may not invite me to your wedding. Neither can they invite me to your parties. I may not fit into your clique. But God is preparing me for the day. He's about to ride me into his own glory. And all of you will come and celebrate me. Because by power and by might I didn't prevail. It's just me being a donkey. And before you know where you're going, people will put palm trees down. People will put clothes down. People will start to appreciate God in you. People start to clap for you. But remember, it is not you they're clapping for. It is the person who is riding you. And until you bow yourself to it, you will do it as a point of revenge and a point of honor to God. Because when they left Joseph behind, when he met them, they didn't meet him where they left him. But God had worked so much on the inside of him that he was no more filled with pride. But he knew why God called him. He says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it. That's the story of Palm Sunday. But when you let go, you become a go-getter. The power to lay down is what provokes the power to receive. So any step that you're making towards self-sufficiency is away from God. When God is not given his place, you will become displaced. How often do we as Christians do the opposite thing? We want peace, we want the blessing, but at the same time, we do not want things, we, we want to do things our own way in order to get them. In essence, the attitude is, God, I want peace, I want blessing. I'm going to do this and that and the other. Because that's how I want to handle this situation. And Lord, your job is just to bless my actions. And God is like, no. Because sometimes you might need to suffer so that you can be glorified. Jesus went through suffering before he was exalted. Can I give you something for free? Most of the things you think is the devil is actually God. Mm -hmm. And the church is quiet. And before I... When people are quiet, I fear that I'm not communicating. But now I know I'm confronting. Ah, 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 ah. This, this demon you think is in your village that is affecting you. There's no demon. Because you, you, if you were Jesus, you could have rebuked the devil of not going onto the cross. He had to die on the cross. He went through suffering because God wanted to exalt him. The things you're calling suffering is not suffering. What, what the devil gives to us sometimes, don't let me come down there, is comfort. We want comfort. 
And the, and, and the devil gave Jesus comfort. He said to Jesus, why, why are you going to die? Why are you going to die? What's up? All you need to do, bow. You, you, if you are the son of God, nothing will happen to you. Just jump, man. When you jump, angels, they're coming. They will hold you. He said, all these things, I will give it to you if you will just bow. And many of us are bowing to comfort instead of confrontation. We're bowing to it. We, we're, we're proud. We don't want to do anything that is out of our comfort zone. And, and, and we think that God is always the God that gives us everything and makes us comfortable. Many of us would rather have a child dropped in our laps than going through labor pain. Do you realize that when you go through the labor pain, the joy that comes out of it makes you glorify God? And I've seen many ladies who said never again. One and a half years after that, they've got a second born. It's a joy that was set before him. Many of us, we think that to move with God, we just have to cruise along. No, no. No, if we are looking at the author and finish of our faith, what we go through is what makes us. Have you realized that you are where you are because of you, what you went through? Do you know that if you didn't go through it, you will not be standing where you are? Do you realize that your maturity comes out of the fire that you have been through? Do you realize your discernment comes through the fire you have been through? If that guy did not mess you up, you will not see fools when they come from, uh, from afar. You can understand a fool because you have dealt with the fool. He messed you up. You got away with it the first time. But hey, lightning is not striking again. Affliction shall not arise again. When you come with your jeans and your be my wife and your Methodist Benz, I know you're a fool just in a good car. Because I know I've been through it before. And then when you see somebody who is just walking down the street, you see wisdom. You see God. You see power. You see His blessing. You see His glory. And you now know that I don't go by the accolades of people. The fact that I sit down in a white Mercedes Benz. And if you have a white Mercedes Benz, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> the fact that I sit in a white Mercedes Benz, a two-door car. Brown interior. And then, you now, with your short skirt, sit beside. And you're waving to the accolades of men. And then you will fail successfully. Because leprosy is what is the end of it. But then, you start walking down the street with that man as you go through the process. And as a little there, a little here, you humble yourself. You allow God to direct you. And sooner or later, not only would you be buying Mercedes-Benz, but you will be giving it out to people. Because Ruth followed. And then she got to where she was. She humbled herself. It wasn't about who was going on in those days. It was what was going on on the inside of her. But no, we don't want suffering. We, we are stuck together because of what we've been through. We'll never stay together if we hadn't gone through it. Are you following what I'm saying? We're stuck together as a church because of what we've been through. We'll never stay together if things were just given to us on a platter. You need to find somewhere where your investment speaks on your behalf. Learn to follow. Haggai would not have made it if she did not submit. Naaman, Naaman, Naaman was not healed 
because of the river Jordan. He was killed because of his humility. His is humility. And many of us, we don't know that pride is ruining our lives. So if we're going to destroy independence mentality in where we think we can just do things the way we want to do things and God should just come and bless it. Where we think we can just behave the way we want to behave and God should just bless it. Where we think we can put one leg in the world and one leg in God and then be a saint on Sunday but be a devil on Monday and, 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 and ebb ourselves away and somebody sees you outside and they couldn't say the difference whether you're a Christian or whether you're a believer because you want the accolades of men. You want to fit into that world. You want them to like you. You want your music to fit them. You want your lifestyle to fit them. You are the, you are the cream of the party. Uh, you, 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 you dance to, to, to an extent that even David could not match up to you. But then you walk into church and then you just stand there and then you just rock your body. Pride is speaking on the inside of you. You are in the party. You've just come back from the party. Your voice has gone. But when they say lift your hands and say Hosanna unto God, just say Hosanna. Pride is killing you. You have no idea that heaven is looking down on you and is saying you're going to stay in this place for a very long time. Because you love the accolades of men. Maybe you walked out of that party yesterday and nobody acknowledged your dress and you're depressed. Maybe you spent 90 pounds or 150 on that hair and, and someone said it doesn't suit you and you're dead. Maybe you even asked that lady, how are you? And she just walked away from you and you're dead. The rejection of today is an acceptance for tomorrow. God helped you reject a Jezebel so that he can provide a route for you. But yet you are depressed with God because you do not realize that pride is speaking on your behalf. Which leads me to the next one and we close in two minutes. You've got to learn to obey. Learn to follow. Learn to be humble. And Jesus learned to obey. Jesus learned to follow God to Golgotha. He followed God to the crucifixion. He was crucified. God didn't spare him. He followed God because he humbled himself. But above all, he learned to obey. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 42, quickly. But the Lord told me to tell you, this is Moses, do not attack for I am not with you. If you go ahead on your own, you will be crushed by your enemies. And then in verse 46, he says, so you stayed there at Kadesh for a long time. Between 42 and 46, what happened was that the children of Israel said, no, we will go, we will go, we will go. Because you know what? When you offend God or when you do something wrong, stay where you are and ask for his forgiveness. But you want to try and make amends. If anyone has ever done what is called um, um, trading before, trading, trading, uh, trading. What I mean by trading is you're trading on derivatives and you're trading on stocks and shares. You understand? If you've ever done that before, there's a rule that you have to follow your brain and not follow your emotions. So what happens is that when you're trading, you put in a bid for it. You say, don't go and do it. I'm not, this is not a trading uh, stuff. I'm not telling you to do this. I'm just telling you what kills me. So you trade. And then you, you, put, you put like 10 pounds per point. You understand? And, and 
and, 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 and maybe you put in a thousand pounds on ten pounds per point. And you put in ten pounds per point that that point should go up. And then suddenly the point goes down and then you lose probably four hundred pounds. But then you stay there and say, let me quickly try to recoup it. Now you're going from your brain to your emotions. Instead of stopping, walking away from it, and asking God to have mercy upon you, and find a way how to recoup, you now just say, just, just, let, me just, let, me just, let me just put it, because it went down, maybe it will still go down, and you put it, and then you lose another 400. And you're saying, oh, this is the rest of the 200. You've gone from walking to gambling. And that's what the children of Israel did. They made a mistake, God said, don't go against them, but they went. And they went and they were decimated. And the Bible says, Moses says, and that's why you stayed there for a long time. Because you refused to obey God. What has God told you to do that you're not following? Because you are okay riding the donkey. And everyone is saying, good, you are king. But does God want you to stay in Jerusalem? Or does God want you to go to Golgotha where you're crucified? Because it's not the crucifixion that's the point. It is the exaltation and the glorification after it. Because if you stay in Golgotha, all you will get will be the accolades of men. But when you go to Golgotha, you will get the glorification and the rubber stamp of God. And many of us are staying in Kadesh. Many of us are staying in the likes of people. Many of us are fixated on, 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 on Instagram and Westagram and Facebook that we now know that I've said this for a long time face the book of the word of God now we know they're killing you now we know they've got all your details now we know they're using against you now we know they're brainwashing you that's what they said, that's not what I'm saying I don't want to be sued but are you following what I'm saying? That you've got so many friends on Facebook. How many of them will stay with you when you're going through your Golgotha? And we refuse to obey God. We're exercising our freedom against God's plan. The Bible says in Proverbs 21.30, it says, There's no wisdom, no insight, no plan that can succeed against God. Not my will! But your will be done. He embraced the suffering as the consequences of his obedience. Isaiah 1.19 says, If you will only let me help you, if you will only obey, then I will make you rich. If you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. God, most times, it is not convenient. God doesn't want us to do it our way. But he wants you to do it his way. Naaman wanted to do it his way and he will still be a leper till today. But when he did it God's way and was dipped inside that river, he came out and the shame of yesterday was no more there. Let me close by saying the oldest temptation is not lost, is not lying. Is not gluttony. The oldest temptation is the temptation to doubt God's word. Because the devil will always give you an alternative and a reason to disobey. Just a little kiss there won't harm. Just a little hug there won't harm. Bible says flee but you are praying. Do you know 
that prayer will never deliver to you what obedience will. Fasting and praying is a waste of energy where there's disobedience. Saul disobeyed and was displaced and he paid dearly with his life. When you do not obey God, you become irrelevant to God. And the only way Jesus was relevant was he learned to follow God. Even though he went through the valley of shadow of death, he followed God. Even though he took him up straight down to Golgotha, he followed God. I remember on Wednesday, and come out for Bible study on Wednesday, especially the young ones. It was such a blessing. My wife was preaching on Wednesday, and there was a question that was asked. Can you, can you, can you, can you try to manipulate sometimes and use wisdom and try to find alternatives? Because you see other people doing it. Yes, other people may do it and get away with it. But they are not on the same purpose as you are. My wife said, there's no compromise. It's easy. Just bow. You'll be fine. But you don't realize that God has done with you because God is looking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Caleb followed God wholeheartedly. Many of us are following God half-hearted. That's why we're not in church today. Because one hour is enough to make us sit down at home. One hour. Just one hour. And do you realize that you have no idea how privileged we are to be breathing, to be walking, and to be eating. I was with someone, she said she can't even carry her mobile phone. You have no idea the things you're complaining about is making God angry. Maybe you should go down into the hospital sometimes and see what others are going through. And here you are complaining now the food I eat, I cherish it. Whether cooked right or not, I cherish it. The water I can carry and drink, I cherish it. The legs that we have to walk, I cherish it. Drop the car sometimes. Take the tube. It's still a privilege. You have no idea. The fact that you can get up and go to the toilet is a privilege. You have no idea. So get out of your high horse and humble yourself and follow God's will and he will make your path straight. Amen. You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939 You can find us at the Citadel, Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ, Archway, London. Thank you for listening.